Hello and welcome to the Ale of a Time podcast. Uh, slightly late this this episode because uh, just because of life issues, you know how things go out there. Uh, but as a result, we've got two really good interviews back to back. The first two segments will be uh, just me chatting to the trio behind Three Greens Brewery, a fairly new brewery here in, in Melbourne. Uh, a really interesting chat. We get into chemtrails and saunas and obviously a little bit about the beer as well. Uh, and then next up, uh, I'm joined by Will Zabel. Uh, I guess he's almost part of the crew now. Uh, guest and fill-in Dave when Dave's not around. Um, Dave will be back next week for those missing Dave. And I know some of you definitely are. Uh, but we're chatting with Luke Phillips and Lockie Crothers from Ballistic Brewing. They were down here in Melbourne for the uh, Hop Fest at Beard Lux. I would like to say how much fun the Hopfest was as well. Uh, really good event at Better Lux. There has been, um, you know, changes at Better Lux over the years, and it's fallen in and out of favour. I think with some people, um, you know, they, they do have a lot of lion taps now with some deals, uh, contract deals, and they also have uh, Carlton Draft, you know, in the tanks, and you know that kind of thing does kind of put people off um, that are looking for, you know, hardcore craft experience for lack of a better word. But this hop fest that they put on, uh, there's 20 different breweries, all made a, a beer for the event, and it was a really good lineup of beers. And I I trucked through a, a you know half a dozen um, really really good IPAs, and uh, you know all the brewers were in attendance, and it was you know a beautiful day. Um, I it's the first one I've been to. I know they've done it a couple of years, and I, I'm guarantee I'll be back next year because I, I had a really good time. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna hear from me again. So we'll go through these next three segments. Uh, thanks so much for the the team for teams for joining us on the show, and we'll be back uh, with Dave. In the meantime, check us out Patreon patreoncom slash of a time. Uh, we've got a new. Uh, it's not quite a beer in the works for our supporters. So so watch this space. It's been a while since they've had anything, uh, but you'll be getting something really fun. Aleofatime.com uh, for everything else. Uh, Twitter.com slash Aleofatime, Instagram. You know, you know the drill. Um, and you can get Dave if you're missing your regular Dave fix. Uh, Malb Dave on all the social medias. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, see you in a, two weeks. Three greens. Well, I'm at three greens. No Dave today. He's a slight medical emergency, but everyone's okay, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, but yeah, can I get the three greens guys to say their names so everyone knows who's talking? I'm Nick Copeland. What do you do at three greens, Nick? I'm the founder, artist, head brewer, CEO, accountant, web designer. So what do these two blokes do? <laughs> Everything else. Okay. <laughs> Luke. Uh, Luke Moulton Brooks, um, also one of the founders of Three Greens, um, and yeah, I guess I'm probably the world's worst beer sales rep, and uh, try to look after the operations side of things, festivals and all that sort of stuff. Cool. My name is Julian Langlitz, I'm the third of the Three Greens. Um, I do a general dog's buddy, 
just okay. whatever needs to be done, I'll do. Um, and uh, generally try to keep the boat afloat. What's your accent there? French. French, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked that. How long have you been in Australia? Uh, about 15 years now. Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've got the Australian twang on some French. Yeah, but the, the French is still underneath. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to be really, really broad here. What's Three Greens? It was a crazy idea that Luke had one night in the pub um, after work. He saw the logo that I'd drawn for my homebrew, which is the hot with wings that we've got on our t-shirts there. So when you say artist, you mean literal artist? As in, yeah, yep. yeah. So we can't afford to pay someone, so I taught myself how to do it. Which cool. is, um, it's been an interesting adventure. Yeah, learning all. Of, had to learn how to use Photoshop and uh, teach myself how to be an artist. So that's why all our artwork's quite simple mm-hmm. because I'm quite simple. Um, yeah, so Luke said uh, one night, love the wings. Uh, I know the guys that own this brewery who do contract brewing. Let's make a commercial batch. And mm. I said yes. So How long was, had you been homebrewing for? Uh, 20 years. Okay. Yeah, since I was 15. Yep. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, when I first started, it was all just the cans of Cooper's mm. syrup from the supermarket mixed with sugar because mm. um, it was super cheap when you're an 18-year-old. Mm. Or a so, 15-year-old. Or a fifteen-year-old, yeah, yeah, it was even cheaper yep. back then. Um, but I progressed on from that and started doing all grain about sort of ten years ago. Yeah, that's why three greens ease, three homebrewers just getting together, yeah, and doing everything themselves from you know the design of the cans to the website to the accounting to to the brewing to sales. It's just us. Works. You're looking yep. at it. This yeah, is three yep. greens, three three dudes mm. in. Nick's basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, uh, obviously, commercial brewing isn't coming out of Nick's basement. Uh, contract brewing with a couple of places? Yep. Yeah, so contract brewing um, with Cavalier to start with. Yep. Uh, Luke's very good friends with some of the owners there. So uh, we started with them um, and we just did our recent batch with them, but we've also brewed with Bonehead in Kensington. So they're the two breweries we'll work with uh, so far. And yep. um, yeah, just test batches from under the house here because. I uh, I don't have an excise license or mm. a Food Act registration, so unfortunately we can't sell anything we make from here. Mm. Um, as much as I'd like to try, mm. but, uh, I found out that selling without an excise license carries a two-year prison term. So not I ide- thought better of it. Yeah, yeah. not ideal. <laughs> if you go to prison, you want to go f- to prison for something way cooler as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and selling a bit of homebrew. Yeah. yeah, and something more lucrative as well. Yeah, than, yeah, uh, yeah. Selling beer. Yeah. Um, so idea on the pub. Uh, how long ago was the idea? Uh, the initial idea was in winter of 2017. Okay. Um, we sort of kicked it around a few times and then we were at a friend's going away party in his uh, backyard in Footscray. He was uh, he was a pilot and he was heading over to Vietnam to do some flying. So Nick and I were standing around the barbecue in his backyard and decided that, you know, that crazy idea that we had at the pub the other night was maybe something that we should have a look at and you know i'd been looking for something else to work on other than my day job and um i somehow convinced nick that it was a good idea and um yeah the rest the rest is history how did you get involved then um one of the um original three greens um got a job in sydney okay and uh 
So originally it was so you, it was Nick and I and another friend from work, Sam. Yeah. Um, and then he got a job with Sydney, and unfortunately, uh, living in Sydney and trying to sell beer that was all uh, warehoused in Melbourne, yeah, um, isn't wasn't really something that was sort of feasible. Um, so you couldn't he, only have two people for three greens, well, right? Well, with maybe three <laughs> greens, so um, yeah, makes decision making harder. You can't uh, you, you can't have a tiebreaker yeah. if you uh, if you have a disagreement as well. So, you know, also. Uh, there was a big enough hole in my mortgage and Nick's mortgage as it was, so... Yeah. Three is the magic number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it works well. It's small enough to, um, you know, get those decisions going and big enough to have people covering all bases. Um, so Nick gave me a call um, about, was it a year ago? A year ago. Um, yeah. My wife and his wife are primary school friends. They've known each other. 30 years mm-hmm. um so i've known nick uh, for quite a while he knew i was home brewing and he said hey do you want to get involved into that three greens uh business and uh make no money and uh, <laughs> uh waste uh, a lot of hours and uh, have a bit of fun as well doing that and i said yes of course um everyone loves specifics with an origin story can you guys remember what pub you were sitting in when you suggested it uh, it was the Baden Powell in oh, yeah. Collingwood, yeah, so cool. that's um, very close to the office that Nick and I work in a lot of the time. Yeah, um, and Friday night drinks there are a bit of an institution. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's oh, where that was. I haven't been in there in ages. I still do good beer. To be honest, I haven't been in there for quite a while. Okay. I've been uh, I've been too busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do a happy hour special on uh, Fridays for our company which is like $5 pints of draft. So oh. they're pretty hard to go past, yeah, despite yeah. being repulsive. But oh, so it's, it's ca- carbon draft only kind oh, of Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They do uh, have limited craft beer there as well. Because they um, used to be mostly craft. And, yeah, uh, so they sort of okay. have a couple of rotating taps. Um, yeah. And then they've got, I think, Steam Ale and uh, yeah, a couple of others. Usually got a Hawker XPA yeah. or something like that. So you've got decent enough yeah, beer yeah. to drink. They used to be, yeah, like really... I'm just trying to think when it was. It was a while ago, but yeah, they had some really interesting stuff a few mm. years back. Um, so tell me about the beers. What's the, I guess what's the philosophy or what's the approach? Um, I wanted to make beers that I like to drink, so we've made an four and a half percent XPA, six point two percent red IPA, and a seven and a half percent double IPA. So you can see the um, you can see the common thread. They're all American style ales. Mm. Um, heavily hopped, reasonably clean. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the style I loved. And I wanted to make beers that you could sit down and pontificate over in a craft beer bar, but that you could also just drink pints of. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've largely succeeded on both those accounts. So, um, yeah, yeah, pretty happy with all three of them. But that was the driving uh, force behind it, mm-hmm. just no, beers that I would drink. At least with the initial beers, we didn't want to go chasing... Um, you know, trends, trends or trying to be particularly up to the minute. We just wanted to get a few base styles in that we were really happy with and that we'd be happy to drink and we'd be happy to pay for and, and try to nail those um, before we started sort of branching out. Um, was the first one the double IPA? No, no. the first one was, was the, one? the red. Okay. Well, we launched these two about two weeks apart, so they were yeah. kind of the first two. Yeah. Um, the, the Sunrise R, which we're changing the name of to the Bug Smasher XPA, because no one knew what Sunrise Hour meant and still don't. Do people know what Bug Smasher <laughs> No, no, they okay. don't know what that means either. Okay. Well, he's but got they the, know what XPA he's means, got fortunately. Yeah, XPA. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so we did the red IPA, red rye IPA, I should say. 
uh, and the XPA at the same time. Okay. They're the first two. And then about three or four months later, we did the double IPA. Why red rye? Um, it just sort of evolved. I loved IPAs. I started experimenting with some red malts, liked them. Mm-hmm. And I liked the spice that rye gives it. So I ended up with a red rye IPA. It's as simple as that, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really like what uh, Nick and Luke were saying, you know, criteria number one we like we actually like the beer ourselves mm. um and then you know it's finding something that's got a bit of a point of difference something interesting so for the red rye obviously it's the rye that's got the front stage there um and we, we really like it we find that the the rye uh, gives the hops a bit of a twist that we really like so that's um that's why we've got it in two of our three beers oh so there's rye and the other one and in, the, in, in the double IPA, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a right yeah. double IPA. It's a right, yeah. Um, so you've mentioned the day jobs. Uh, I know mm. that you can't say the exact company you work for, but can you tell me what those day jobs are? So I'm an airline pilot. I'm an airline operations manager. I work for an insurance company. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did the first guy, was he pre previous you? So yeah, before I took over, um, Sam was also do you know anything about, an airline. Do you know anything about flying? Um no, I'm okay. I'm I'm a bit of a space cat. I I like um you know all of the uh, sci-fi movies. Okay. Um um ast- yeah, astrophysics, all that kind of jazz, so yeah. So it's kind of related. Yeah, it yeah. is kind of related. <laughs> I I really like the aviation theme and we haven't actually even told you what three greens actually means I already in an looked, aviation context. I already looked it up. Don't worry, you did? it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Don't need to tell the listeners. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> what is three greens in the aviation context? I think the pilot should yeah, tell the, us what yeah, three greens so means. When you uh, put the landing gear down prior to landing, um, uh, most jet aircraft have three landing gear. They've got the nose gear and two main bogies. So Two main bogies? Yeah, yeah. So What's the a bogey? bogey? Bogey is the... Back wheels? Is that what it is? Yeah, back wheels. Okay. <laughs> back wheels. So you got usually like on say a um, a narrow body jet, you'll have two wheels on each uh, landing gear strut, and the whole thing together is called the landing gear bogey. Right. So, but you typically you'll have three landing gear, and you'll get uh, three green lights. Um, so part of a landing checklist before you land an aircraft like that is that the landing gear is down, three greens. Mm. So you got three green lights. If you don't have three green lights, you don't have three landing gear down. Has that ever happened to you? Can you say? Um, <laughs> if that had happened on one of the aircraft I fly, you would have read about it in okay. the paper. Yeah, right. So uh, no, that's never happened to me. What do you What do you do if it doesn't? Do you know? Uh, well, sure the, you yeah, yeah. There's a number of things you can do. You've got a backup system where you can um, extend the gear manually. So it's run on an automatic hydraulic system where you put the landing gear lever down. If that fails, you've got a manual backup, so it drops via gravity. Mm-hmm. And the landing gear doors. There's doors that um, keep the the aerodynamics of the plane intact when the mm. wheels are retracted. Um, when those doors fall via gravity, they actually fall in a way that the airflow pulls the gear out. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, it, catch, it, it catches the, the wheels, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, so the, the airflow yeah. that you necessarily have to be flying will actually pull the gear out and lock it into place without hydraulics. Yeah. So that's the backup system. If that fails and your gear won't come down, you can land without the gear. And there was a uh, Polish 767 that had to do that a few years ago. If you look it up on YouTube, they landed with no gear. On its belly. They spray foam all over the runway and stuff to try to... Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of of sparks doing 280 k's an hour when you uh, land aluminium grinding on asphalt 
So yeah. yeah, they spray foam, and of course you're a big cigar chip filled with Jedi One, so yeah, you don't yeah. want sparks flying around. Yeah, Jedi yeah. One being the um, fuel, fuel. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kerosene. Yeah, so yeah. you can land on the belly of an aircraft, but you know it's, it's not. It's far from advisable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, Have, should we do a um, uh, aviation spin-off podcast for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's interesting. I, I know nothing about flying. I, you know, I've been on a plane more than once. Uh, that's about it's it. It's a good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good start. And this is what we found with the um, talking about a point of difference. I mean, there are so many great beers out there that we had to have something that was a little different. So I put these wings front and center on it, and we've got a bit of an aviation theme. So all three of our beers are named after something to do with aviation. So Bug Smasher is an aviation. Theme. Yeah. So Bug Smasher is a slang term for a light aircraft because okay. the propeller smashes bugs. Yeah. Um, red Eye, overnight flight, and yep. uh, the Nighthawk, uh, the double IPA. We named after the F one seventeen stealth fighter because the seven and a half percent sneaks up on you via stealth. Okay. Yeah. And and also that name wasn't trademarked, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we also have to look at. Which I imagine is getting harder and harder, right? You know, you guys have got a number. If you had a dog after it, three dogs or something, it would have been impossible to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's right. How much of a factor does it play in being a new brewery? For us, it was pretty straightforward because, to be honest. The name and the logo were the first things that we had. Um, had them, when, when did you have them? Six six or seven years ago, Nick, when you oh, first yeah. started? I, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe yeah. even. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not trademarked, but... Of course yeah. not yeah. trademarked. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is trademarked now, though, uh, as of about a week ago. Okay. We got, we got it yeah, registered yeah. as a trademark. It took almost a year yeah. to happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, what do you do in operations, then? Uh, so I... I can't really be very specific about what I do because yeah. it's a very, very unique field, but it's, um, I'm effectively, I manage um, some IT projects and the or uh, IT programs and the sort of operational interface with IT. So is your background like aviation or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so I did a degree in aviation management cool. and a degree in business. And then I just sort of, uh, yeah, started, you know, literally um, running around the airport doing sort of operational support type stuff at four in the morning um, as a part-time job while I was at uni and then managed to uh, convince them that that was a good thing for me to uh, keep doing after I finished uni. So actually the um, space of time between my last uni exam and uh, commencing full-time employment was 12 hours. Yeah, right. So my last uni exam finished at nine o'clock on a Thursday night and at 9 a.m. Friday I was in the office and I've uh, only had a couple of weeks off since then and that was like seven years ago so. right <laughs> when you when you had your baby Actually, no, so. yeah, five five years ago sorry did you have time off when you had the kid uh, i had like a week and a half oh, uh, and that, that was time off that was without my phone turned on and but i'm on call 24 hours a day and, yeah okay um yeah it's it's full on but it's one of those industries that you sort of get into because you're interested you, in it you you've got a bit it, of a, then, a, yeah. a passion for it and i mean in that sense it's similar to the beer industry um mm. You know, if you if you come in trying to make a million dollars, um, you unless you've already got two million dollars, you're probably not going to have a great time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that the next question is, what do you guys want to make this a full time thing for the three of you? If that ever wasn't a, I'm well, I'm we're not sure. Look at this stage, um, we we'll love our jobs. I know I work in. Insurance, it doesn't sound fantastic. But, so what do you do in insurance? Um, um, I work in the procurement space. I have no um, idea what that is. Buying uh, things? Buying things, okay. yeah. Um, for a large uh, insurance company that everyone would know. Yeah. Um, 
so it's i love it though it's it's such a beautiful place to work and um i don't know if i would trade that for um a job where i suppose that the moment we would potentially go full-time is if we had a venue a full-size brewery full scale with a bar a brew pub something like that um you know different lifestyle uh different hours obviously different kind of job um i think it would just grad we would just gradually move into that if it was to happen mm. rather than consciously making may taking a step um but at this stage i think for, for me personally in my life i i wouldn't be ready to go full-time um you know making and selling beer mm. yeah and all three of us are in a similar sort of position uh my position as a airline pilot is unique amongst professions in that i can't quit my job without losing my seniority number so if i quit my job at the airline i'm at um and then join that airline the next day i go from where i am at the moment to the very bottom of the list all right so it's like the freemasons or something yeah yeah uh so for me to quit i also do a conspiracy podcast by the way (laughs) (laughs) what is it called hypothetical institute.com tune in Great. Couldn't look that up. But I had no <laughs> idea. Interesting. Are there any good beer-related conspiracies? Uh, I know there's some aviation ones. Like we all have a good time with uh, chemtrail jokes in yeah, the office. Yeah, chemtrail's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you the next question was where do you store the? Where do we store the chemtrails? Yeah, 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 the tanks. Says, <laughs> yeah, they're next to the fuel tanks and the wings. Yeah. Um. So you go right, yeah, right to the bottom of the the chain. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah, when when you resign. So for me to resign from so my does that airline, mean less money? Like, or oh, does yeah. it mean yeah, oh, right? Yeah, my my pay would. Uh, immediately be cut in thirds. Does the union know about this? That's the way every airline okay. in the world works. Yeah. How about if you went to work for another airline? Would, would you transfer? at the very bottom oh, that's of rubbish. whatever airline I go to. So for me to quit and jump over to beer full time is a massive call because I yeah. lose my seniority place that I've built up over the last 10 odd years. You need to relearn or re-earn your wings. It's a little would. airline joke for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. one. Yep. Um, what about you, Luke? Um, I'd happily go full time, but I mean, the business would need to be at a point that it could sustain that. Um, and I guess one of the things that we're doing a little differently um, with Three Greens is that we've put in very little money. Um, you know, we had a business case based on effectively just doing two batches of beer and doing all the branding and all the label design, t-shirts, and everything ourselves. Um, no marketing budget, no advertising budget, nothing like that. So. In order to produce new lines of beer, we then need a, enough cash sort of sitting there from the business ready to go to introduce those new lines. And even then, it's only sort of just at that level of being sustainable. So mm. it's really a re- like it's a really slow process to try to build the business up to a level not only where it's going to be able to sustain itself while introducing new product lines, but then to actually support employees even a part-time employee if we were in a position to hire someone um i think the first thing we'd probably do would be to get a sales rep to actually go and sell the beer 100 so is that what you're doing now is you said at the start sales um, yeah we all we all, all three, sales all reps three of us. at the moment yeah, well, we, well we every, everyone's doing everything um but sales rep is job number one yeah how does that work now like i know bars i, I guess to tell a, a short story I, I was in brisbane and i was wearing a a Bendigo on the Hop t-shirt. So it's not even a brewery t-shirt. And I walked into a cafe for breakfast on Saturday morning and the guy like looked at me, looked at my t-shirt and he's like, oh, if you've got a sample, just leave it, mate. I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's like, 
your sales rep i'm like no i just want breakfast <laughs> so like there are so many sales reps coming into into every business now um yep. for a new brand with you know this is not the international tag there's sort of not anything attached to it that that people know or, or can cling themselves to how do you do that well, oh people, with great difficulty okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people actually you'd be surprised the number of places where you rock up and they've if you say, have you heard of Three Greens? Most of the time they say, no, never heard of you. But sometimes, oh yeah, we've seen you on Instagram. And straight away, you th- that makes the conversation much, much easier. Mm. Um, yeah, we don't have heaps, well, we don't have any marketing budget, but you know, we, we're trying at the scale we're at um, to be present on social media, to do a few things, to engage with people. We actually, we talk to our friends and family, and they are our sales rep by extension, if yeah, you yeah. want, right? They, they, if They're employees without the salary, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's how we, we try and do it to approach. It's quite difficult because all working full-time, mm. um, really the time, the free time that we have is peak time at for hospitality, evenings and weekends. So mm. when we rock up into... Um, uh, a bar or um, a bottle shop with our t-shirt they see us coming and they say hey, look on the weekend it's not all that great yeah, and, yeah. and then we we say look we know but that's the only time we've got <laughs> and and we tell them the story and you know they they go oh, okay that's fine yeah leave the samples and we'll have a chat and mm. you try and try and make a lasting impression and make it quick and be respectful of their time mm. and um, then you follow up a, a bit later on when they're free who made the first sale? I think Who it was... Who did make the first sale? No, I, I must have. It was... It was... Yeah, because the first... When when we did the kegs of the first beer, you picked I, one up and took it. Oh, uh, was it pre-sold by you? Yeah, it was you. pre-sold. So it was pre-sold by Nick before I we even made it. I keg of the red yeah. to uh, to Jimmy's Tap and Barrel in Ascot Vale. Oh, great. So on day one, when we packaged it at Cavalier, I threw a 50-litre keg in the back of the car and uh, delivered it myself, and that was... Um, it's pretty satisfying, to be honest, to, uh, you know, all this work. We, we don't pay ourselves anything because we have no money. Mm. Um, but to go into a bar and see your tap decal that you designed, the beer that you made and that you own, and people in there enjoying it, it was, uh, it was gold. Yeah. Did you just kind of hang about in your T-shirt like, oh, this <laughs> you know what? beer everyone's talking about. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I go in incognito. I wear, yeah, right. a, I wear a fixation the, T-shirt okay. or something like that. <laughs> That's the best bit. You go in with... A bland T-shirt and see people drinking a beer, mm. and they got no idea you're there, or that you've got any parts of it, and then, and you hear what they say and you watch them. Um, yeah, that's that to me is super re- rewarding. Mm. Yeah, and uh, people like it, and, and they don't have to say, "Oh yeah, I like it," because you're mm. they they know you're you're there or behind the bar. So yeah, that's that's really nice. Speaking of the red, am I able to try a can of it? Absolutely. We'll take um, a short break. I might have some beer for yep. Everyone grab a microphone again because we are back with uh, the red. So it's got rye. It sure does. Yep. Well, plenty, plenty of rye. About 35% of the grain bill's rye. Really? Uh, yeah. Gummy? Uh, super, okay. <laughs> super gummy, and um, similarly with the Nighthawk, the double IPA, that's about thirty percent rye, um, and uh, we may have learned a few things 
about brewing with rye the hard way when we okay. made that beer. You have to be really careful that you don't get it stuck. Mm. And mm. we got it stuck. Yeah, I imagine. Yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, lessons learnt. Oh, would you change it then going forward? or? No, I think we'd just do things a little differently. I think the, the moral of the story is rice hulls. Rice mm. hulls are your friends. So we just needed more of them. Yeah. So I noticed on the first one, the soon-to-be-named Bug Smasher. Yep. Um, that had rice in it as well. It did, so yeah, like, yeah. So that was mm. uh, Luke's influence on the recipe. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd put a little bit of rice in some home brew that I'd done years ago, and I always just liked messing around with it. I liked the sort of mouthfeel that it brought to the beer, and I just thought it put a nice little twist on things and helped to keep things sort of bright. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that was really my only sort of thing when we first came into this or when we were first talking about the beers that we wanted to make i was like all right you know let's let's make one with rice like i haven't seen many ales around um mm. with with rice in them so let's let's see if we can make it work mm. yeah yeah, yeah no, and he it. did yeah yep. <laughs> and you know as we were making that beer the light one and concurrently making this heavier red um i was playing around with rye in my recipes and i really liked it so that's mm. how we ended up with a a beer with rye in it, mm. with so much rye, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it? I guess brewing with rye in a homebrew system is that easier then? Than a... Yeah, yeah. In the homebrew system, it's very easy because you can unstick the mash uh, pretty pretty effectively when you're only dealing with twenty liters. You, know, you can just stick a paddle in there and unstick it. But um, you know, when you've got a thousand liters of it, and um, you can't send someone down in a submarine to unstick all those little holes. No. It basically made a layer of mud yeah. at the bottom that just uh, clagged up. We had, you know, there'd be at least two metres head of pressure on the bottom of that false bottom. There wasn't a drop coming out. It sealed perfectly. Yeah, That's right. how stuck it was. Uh, how much did you panic in that moment? Uh, Shit loads. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the moment went for about eight hours. Yeah, yeah, so right. <laughs> a, what would have been an eight-hour brew day turned into about 16 Great. and didn't even get the boil done that day because we had to try and unstick this thing. Yeah. Um, so like I say, lessons learned. What do you do to unstick it? You just we tried wait. everything. Okay. Um, what we eventually did was usually when you've got your, your grain bed and you're mashing, then you recirculate it to create use itself as a filter and then you get that nice clear wort that runs mm. off the bottom into the kettle what we had to do and then once you've got that recirculation going you do not touch the grain bed you don't disturb it we didn't have a choice we had to keep turning the rake on mm. which the rake paddles go all the way down to the bottom so the second you hit the rake it would uns you know everything would fall through but it'd fall through like damn water yeah, it'd be yeah. re super cloudy so the only thing we could do was push it into the kettle, super cloudy. Yeah. Um, and then we had to do a few things to fine it up later. So it wasn't an ideal way to make beer, but to be honest, it ended up tasting fantastic. Mm. Um, it's got a bit of haze to it still, the double IPA, but almost adds to its character and the story of how it, badly we fucked it up. <laughs> if, not, if you're not putting haze in there, then does it even make a, you know... Everyone wants haze in their beer now. So. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's right. a Nipah. Just yeah. call it a Nipah. Yeah, it's called a Nipah. <laughs> and I mean, as much as it sounds like I'm just trying to cop out for making a um, hazy beer, but I think when you make a perfectly drop-clear beer, particularly like a double IPA, it immediately reeks of big brewery to me. You know, that, that ha in unintentional haze really shows that we're an independent operation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and the response has been 
uh, better than we could have imagined with that beer. So um, I don't think it damaged the brand at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Mark Mark Two when is when we had that uh, stuck mash is actually the the taste of it is um, a step above Mark One to me. Mm. I mean, different people find different things in in the beer, but I think the three of us like it like it better. So maybe it was the stuck mash. Maybe it gave, was, yeah. It. <laughs> and putting all that um, that sediment through into the kettle, yeah. But uh, no, it was good. Yeah, nice. Good experience. So I know you guys have got a festival. You're part of at least one coming up, the Brewers Feast. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Uh, I think there's still tickets available to that. Um, slight plug, I'm hosting the Pale Ale pairing. So listeners out there, get a ticket to that, I guess. And our Patreons have got freebies. So if you're a Patreon... Uh, check the website. Um, but what else you guys got going on in the next? You like that little seamless plug for stuff with us yeah, doing, by the way? It's, it's like a little we, ad. We <laughs> like didn't, uh, you didn't clarify that uh, the free beer wasn't from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, Bruce Feaster got, got tickets for our listeners. And, um, yeah, we'll be there um, with bells on. Um, and uh, we actually have uh, a crowdfunding campaign at the moment. And one of the rewards is... Um, a pot of the festival beer that we bring for Bruce Feast. So if people want to support us, um, they can go to possible.com, um, search for three greens, look through all the rewards, and um, they can pick the reward um, that gives them a free pot if they want to come and say good day um, on the 23rd and 24th of Feb. That is right. I need to get this out before then. <laughs> um, so what else? Like the next year, how does that look for you guys? Well, um, it's going to be interesting because Nick's got a four-week-old, a four-week-old baby and mm-hmm. Julian, uh, his, Probably his, his wife is going to drop it. away. Okay. A week away. Um, and I've got a 15-month-old daughter at home. So as I've been saying to these guys for the last six months... Um, you know, your spare time is about to drop drastically. Mm. So we've been assessing effectively different ways that we can just try to keep the business um, ticking over without having to put in as much uh, time, time, if possible. And, you know, that might mean doing smaller scale beers. It might mean doing um, more sort of one-off type brews. Um, try to keep the, you know, what we would call our core range now. Um, and just... Not to go sort of too big too fast, I think is a real a real risk for us because of the amount of money that we've put in, as I said before, is you know very small. Um, yeah, the, the, the risk is that we get too big too quickly. Um, you get orders that you just can't fulfill because you don't have the money to brew the beer that you've already sold. You know, you, you, you've got to um, try to stage things very carefully. So with both these guys uh, up to their elbows in nappies... Mm. Um, and full-time jobs. And full-time uh, jobs, which haven't... That we all out. love. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, yeah, we, we do want to... We don't want the brand to die. Yeah. It's it's a really cool project. It's great fun. So, we've basically worked out how much we need to sell each month to to make it pay for itself, mm. to pay for the liquor license, to pay for the cold storage, all of that sort of stuff. And it's not a huge amount. So, we reckon we can do it, and that'll keep the brand not even hibernating it'll keep it out there but in very limited quantities and then you know in a year's time it'll still be alive so we can decide whether we want to expand it from there or just keep it ticking over mm. well, yeah I, what, what we're sort of settling on is you know we've got our core range that you're sampling at the moment uh, and we want that available um in as many places as we can and for that to take us as little time as it can to have 
out there and then every quarter or more um every two to three months we want to put out something special um that uh so we've got the one for bruce feast coming up in just a couple of week weeks um the one that we have right here um in uh, our pilot brewery that we're looking at uh that's um uh, in the Robo Brew at the moment, whatever that's going to be, uh, that will be our next beer. We've got also plans for Gabs so uh, this in is, the middle of the year. This is one of the test batches for Gabs. We're looking for at the Gabs beer. There we go. Do we know when the Gabs list comes out? It must come out in March. The Gabs list? Yeah, as in yeah. like when they announce what beers are going to be. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That's okay. right. Yeah, I guess we better. Up very soon. We can't say what it's going to be then. Yeah, I guess we better come up with something yeah, before so, then. <laughs> so we, we know what it's going to be. So um, do I. I. I heard before. You, you have? Yeah, well, yeah. we're off yeah. We We can't say it on your podcast, unfortunately, because uh, Gabs have asked us um, to keep it hush-hush um, until they announce it, which yeah, more than happy to Steve, do. Steve, we've got you in mind. I know Steve listened, so... Uh, <laughs> G'day, Steve. <laughs> we're thinking of you, Steve, oh, yeah. doing your solid here. Um, also, the, uh, the the beer may change between the concept that we've got and what we actually managed to put together. So um, I'll change that to the beer will definitely change. <laughs> Let's just give it a generic name. And uh, yeah, like, well, <laughs> well sun, I hear Sunrise Ale's up for grabs now. <laughs> yeah, I think Ale's too specific. Let's just call it Sunrise. Okay, so. good, perfect. <laughs> um, you've got a red. Would you ever do a green beer? What would a green beer look like? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I've had plenty of green beers at St. Patrick's Day festivals and um, we were uh, experimenting uh, the other day with pouring some cordial into a beer, you know, sort of shandy style. Yeah. And to be honest, it, it tasted pretty good. So, uh, yeah, well, there's always a possibility. Traditionally, Bilinovice has had syrup and I'm pretty sure Woodruff syrup was green. So oh, yeah. So you can do a traditional Bilinovice and... Get some Woodruff going on. Yeah, make it great. I don't know where you get Woodruff. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is either. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping someone so, else some sort of herb. one down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we'd, if, if we were to do something like this, we'd want to not, not do a gimmick, uh, not just do a bit of a marketing thing, but some, do beer that actually is solid, that tastes really nice. That's also green. That's but a cool. Also co- happens to be green. That, yeah. That's a cool concept. Yeah. yeah. yeah thanks for giving us the idea. <laughs> we might see that too. You just wait till they legalize uh, cannabis, and you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, no. hemp beer you could do, right? Can you do that now? Yeah, you can do hemp, but you need mm. to restrict the CBD content. Right. Um, good article in Broadsheet Sydney. If you want to look that up, uh, Young Henry's Offends. I cover that. So. A little plug for my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure someone uh, over in the west coast of the USA has started playing around with all that sort of stuff with they're, their new They're playing around with it. It's really dangerous. Um, the, the summary is you can... CBD is, is fine and okay. So the you know the stuff that takes away your pain and anxiety, but it's not doesn't get you high. So in, it's hard to combine them in a, in a beer in terms of legal, legal ramifications. Um... No one has really looked at doing alcohol and weed because it's just the the regulators are just going to go no. <laughs> so a lot of um, so Keith Villa from Blue Moon Brewing Company, who's, who's since left, but he was like the the face of that for years, and the, the brewer and everything. He is doing a non-alcoholic uh, weed beer company, um, okay. which I think is about to be launched. Lagunitas are doing like uh, alcohol water. Oh, sorry, non-alcoholic water with CBD and. And THC. So did you so say non-alcoholic water? Uh, yeah. So, so, I've been so saying non-alcoholic water. <laughs> yeah, 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 water. Wait, what do you put in your water? <laughs> I've been, I've been doing water. it wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 
Also, I, by all accounts, it's just not worth it in terms of the effort that it takes to get THC in a, in a beer. You know, it's not water soluble. All mm. those things. I think that may also be the point that the uh, airline that we work for say, uh, we're not too happy about this side business that you're doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the moment, everything is nice and legal and above board. But I yeah, think yeah, that, yeah. that would yeah, be yeah. a, a grey area. <laughs> sorry, sorry for corrupting this <laughs> conversation with weed talks. <laughs> um, uh, the pilot drinking, there's that kind of stereotype of pilots drinking. Has that crossed your mind of having an aviation-themed brewery? Oh, yeah. I mean, the... Um, one of my favourite shows growing up was The Simpsons, as with all of us, and um, that episode where Homer pretends to be a pilot so he can drink in that bar. Um, <clears throat> and pilots are leaving to get their flights where they're really drunk, right? Yeah. yeah. Who wants to fly to the Windy City? Oh, well, it's a little windy. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that Love that episode, love that scene. Um, yeah, it is a bit of a stereotype, um, but, you know, seriously speaking, we have very strict limits on... I mean, we have to be zero when we turn up for work. We can be randomly breath tested at any point. And in fact, in one of the countries we fly to, which is um, Japan, they are now ramp checking with breath tests um, every flight crew coming in. So, yeah, when you sign on for duty, if you've had a big night the night before, it's uh, you're playing a very da- dangerous game with your with your license and you know with a plane load of three hundred passengers. Mm. <clears throat> That's um. Yeah, everyone gets tested in Japan. Which, yeah, well, good, I, I think it's it. There was an incident a few months ago with the Japanese pilot, so I think their regulator is incredibly strict with mm. everything, not just this. So I think they're they're on a bit of a mission to show that um, they're not messing around. Mm. Um, but I mean, I've been randomly breath tested in Australia and New Zealand many times. Great, going to work. Yeah, I mean, I mean great in the sense of you know that stereotype Safe. is is yeah. a horrible stereotype for your industry of. You, yeah, all yeah. these things are happening. So, yeah, no, but um, you know, when you go to work, you you make damn sure that you're going to work in fit and proper condition. That's yeah. just non-negotiable. Mm. And that's that. That's how we uh, run the business as well, right? There's work time and there's three greens time, and we we try and have a clear delineation between the two. When we do three greens, we're three greens, and uh, works work. Because it can be tough when beer is your job, so to speak. And I know, Luke, you mentioned before you you're trying to cut back. Um, unless you're doing it for work, right? And that's you mean cutting back on drinking beer? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was more or less just because um, I started to look like a fat guy that owned a brewery. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, which is fine. We, we love all shapes here on Out of the Time. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think in about six months, yeah, it was about it was about five kilos up. Um, mm. So it wasn't it wasn't a great uh, it wasn't a great thing to see. It was actually the first time we set up our uh, festival tent um, at a classic German car show. That was it? Um, and I uh, saw a picture of myself standing behind the bar, and I thought, "Who was that guy?" Mm. <laughs> and then I had this horrible realization that it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crikey! Yeah, so, I, it, so. it's owning a and brewery, I mean, no, craft beer brewery is you know you've got to be careful with what you do because you've got quite cheap i suppose uh really good craft beer Mm. um, and all you do uh, you're either making beer or you're selling beer and the selling beer part of it is you're in pubs and bottle shops talking to bar owners drinking their beers Mm. so every aspect of it involves drinking beers Mm. thankfully whiskey is still relatively low calorie yep um 
However, there's a bit more red tape involved in starting a distillery. Yeah. So. A lot yeah. of time we'll, as well. We'll look at that in, in the future. <laughs> That's why Three Greens is... Uh, is Three Greens Brewing, right? We don't yeah. say what we brew. <laughs> so if this doesn't work and you're moving to coffee, it'll be fine. It'll still make That's sense. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, that pretty much... Oh, no, I've got one more question. There's a sauna behind me. Yeah, that's Why right. is there a sauna behind me? Do you, do you use it? I use it every single day. Great. Yeah. Is that like your morning routine? Uh, morning, afternoon, whenever I've got time. Okay. But, um, when I built this area under the house that we're sitting in at the moment where my pilot brewery is... Um, I wanted a sauna and any house that we had had to have provision or space for me to build a sauna. So I'm How? half Finnish. Okay, that makes that, way more sense then. Yeah. So I grew up with saunas. It's yeah. just it's just part of the way of life. Um, not very popular in Australia. Yeah, um, yeah. Most Australians go, why would you sit in a sauna? Have you been outside in the weather lately? Yeah. It's, it's been like a sauna outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's I, I sauna the... I mean, it's better in winter, but I'll sauna the whole way through um, summer. Sauna like a maniac. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I used to, when I did boxing, we used to have a sauna afterwards. It was great. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. And to have my own in my own home, um, I put a massively overpowered stove in it. So okay. it heats up in five minutes. Yeah. You know, so you can, particularly, you ride home from work in the middle of winter, you're cold and miserable. Five minutes later, you're in a boiling hot sauna. With, an, that, with a nice cold beer. With yeah, a nice yeah. cold beer. It's just magic. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask sauna questions now. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember the, the rocks in the water. Is that the same setup as yeah, you Yeah, yeah. So gotta... electric stove. You can yeah. have wood fired or electric. Yeah. Um, this one's electric. Yeah, it's just got a big electric, eight kilowatt electric element. Yeah. Um, or 12 horsepower. I like saying it that way. It's okay. a 12 horsepower <laughs> stove. Yeah. Um, electric element. You're just bragging heats... about your sauna now, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, it heats up the rocks in the middle and throws out a whole bunch of convective and radiant heat. Yeah, and, and then, then, you put... then you can just throw water on it, which gives you the steam. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly a dry heat. It's not a steam room. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's largely a dry heat, just with that tiny bit of steam from yeah. the water. So, you know, you sauna at sort of 80 to 90 degrees Celsius. Which is... I think this is far too much detail about the sauna. No, I'm into that. We've never had a, a sauna conversation. We've talked beer for three years on this podcast. Okay. First time saunas have come up. All right. <laughs> I'm can glad we... I could talk about saunas forever. Can we do a sauna related? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any sauna related uh, podcasts that we could uh, email? And surely, surely we... somewhere in... And talk yeah, about the in their right? podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're probably in Finnish do, though. Yeah, do, do a cross yeah. plug <laughs> about beer. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Do many sauna, like yeah, saunas not common in Australia at all, are they? Like No, I think the weather has something to do with it yeah. and it's just not part of the culture. Yeah. Um Are you custom built this one? Yeah, yeah, this is all custom built. It's um we couldn't get a kit that would fit in here that was the size that I wanted, so we just made it all from scratch. It's actually a piece of cake to make. It's, it's sauna kits. Does yeah, yeah, buy kits. Yeah, absolutely. From, from Finland. You you from Finland, them. you can get them from China, get them from anywhere. I yeah. think like swimming pool shops have them, don't they? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They build little boxes. Yeah. I mean, all it is is a box. So it's a pine frame with um, aluminium isolation on the inside and then clad in um, western red cedar. Piece of piss to knock up. And then you just throw the um, the electric stove in Didn't the Didn't you pay someone else to build it, though? Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You made it sound like, yeah, yeah, you just do this. That's a piece it. of yeah. piss to watch a builder <laughs> knock one up, is what I meant to say. Um, uh, only complication is the um, 
the stove being eight kilowatts, you just have to run a forty amp line out to your uh, power board, so it won't run on a regular yeah. circuit. If but anyone is it. wondering why Melbourne had a power outage uh, last <laughs> last yeah, week, yeah. it was because Nick decided to have a sauna on a forty degree day. It's just yep. saunering to the max. Yeah. Yeah. Could, you could use that sort of power to put a, a boiler here for the for the beer. Right? Yeah, well, forty amp line will do. A um, I mean, eight kilowatt is is um. Uh, yeah, fair bit. You'd uh, heat a fair bit of water with that. Hundred liter, hundred and fifty. Yeah, probably. yeah, exactly. So, but the problem is I can't run. That it was planned that way, absolutely from <laughs> yeah. the start. Actually. No, the problem is I can't run it on the same line as that because you can't have both turned on at the if, same time. Well, yeah, if you did turn both on at the same time, it'd blow up. So, so you couldn't mash in and sauna at the same time, is what you're saying? Well, you couldn't boil and sauna at the same time. No, That's which what? I which I Why can. You can now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can on this one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, waste of time. <laughs> um, a little sauna chat. Good segment. Um, <laughs> Talk to you next week yeah, on yeah. Sauna, sauna Chat. Let's, let's see what uh, has changed in the world of saunas yeah. in two weeks' time. <laughs> uh, well, that's all my questions done. Anything you guys want to plug? Let's... Um, did we talk about our beer in between the planes and the sauna? Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, we'll cool. just do a quick recap on the beers, maybe. We've yeah. got the, oh, yeah. We haven't actually tried the Nighthawk yet. Haven't tried the Nighthawk. If you want to give that a crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've just opened the Nighthawk Rye Double IPA. What do you think? It's good. It's good. It's really... Um, I, I think probably the Aller comes across more than I anticipated. Or not that... That's our hero hop okay. that we want to put forward in this beer. Okay. So when you, when you smell it, that's, that's what you're going to smell. Because um, you've got Simcoe, Mosaic, Ella, Cascade, Amarillo, Rye, and Crystal. Yep. But yep. There's that kind of, I guess that that watermelony, peachy Ella comes across somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we all would like to use Galaxy in a beer, but uh, it's just too hard to come by. Um, being the sister of Galaxy, uh, I used Ella in some of the test batches and just uh, just loved it, and it's more readily accessible. So it was just. Um, and the rest of them are all just big American varieties, you know, all the big names that you're familiar with. Mm. Um, yeah, we just threw a, a bunch of everything at this beer, pretty much. Mm. But it was mostly Ella. That was all used in the Whirlpool and the Dry Hop. Is this the only one that has an Australian hop in it? Mm. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm. Cool. It's good to, see, good to taste it front and centre. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that it... Uh, I mean, it's an American-style double IPA, but with that Australian hop right up front. Mm. Mm. Um, anything else you guys need to plug or would like to plug? Where can we get your beers? Just Melbourne? Yeah, um, just Melbourne at this point. Um, your you know, usual suspects in Melbourne, craft pubs, bottle shops. Um, but the uh, easiest way to get our beer is on our website. So hey, we have an online store. We will deliver direct to your door um, for a pretty... In Melbourne Metro, it's 10 bucks delivery for, uh, I think, maybe $11 delivery for uh, up to two slabs. Great. So five bucks a slab will get you a slab to your door, uh, two slabs to your door. Um, so, yeah, our website, threegreensbrewing.com, and then slash shop. But the link to the shops on the front page. Uh, yeah, you can order direct from us and um, cut out the middleman. Awesome, I like it. Yep. What about the uh, social media? Where do we find you guys? Instagram In, and inst- Facebook. Facebook. You can three greens. That's it. Uh, three, three greens, greens brewing. brewing. Cool. Yep. Um, you three can... spelt out T H R E E instead of the number. You get to think about how to spell three. <laughs> 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 
Um, you That's can bad. It's the <laughs> influence of the Nighthawk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear. Um, and we're going to be at um, Brewer's Feast yep. at the end of the month, in month of February. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are going to be at the Benigo um, Hops Festival. Benigo on the Hop? Bendigo on the hop. Yeah, no, 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 Bendigo no, no. craft oh, beer and Bendigo cider. craft beer and cider. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool, thank you. Cool. There's a couple of different ones. Uh, yep. In March, 23rd of March, awesome. um, and then we've got Gabs lined up for Gabs. Yep. So May in a stand or a beer. This, we'll have a stand at Gabs. Awesome. Uh, and a beer. Yeah. Great. Gabs beer and a stand. Just so in we'll Gabs, Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So if you're at Gabs, Melbourne, swing by and say hi. Yep. Absolutely. So Julian said before, we've also currently got a crowdfunding campaign. Um, it's got about two weeks to run at the you time. You hit your target, didn't you? We well, smashed, yeah, smashed we are well over it. We'll so. st- stop plugging it. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, it's, it's not crowdfunding in that you're not just giving us money. There is, uh, yeah, there's uh, t-shirts, beer, uh, cooler bags. Coaster packs. Yeah, you get something for your money. I think um, on Facebook, I did offer to give people a big sweaty cuddle if they uh, <laughs> if they donated anything. Um, Is that in the sauna? Do you get a sweat going in the sauna and then cuddle them? We could well, do. Well, the, um, the the top reward, which we only had two places available, which have both been taken is a private tasting day here in the Pilot Brewery. Cool. So those uh, two rewards have been snapped up. So were, were they uh, people you knew or were they randos? Very fortunately, <laughs> it was two people we knew. Okay. I didn't actually think of that before we launched the campaign. Uh, but yeah, they are they are two people we okay. know. So We, we'll, we could uh, put a new reward on there, like just come around to Nick's place for a sauna. S- sweetie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a, is and there room for two in their sauna or is it just a one, one person? Oh, sauna? you can fit about eight. Eight or ten people in there if you really wanted to. Man, that needs to be a reward. One thousand bucks on your next one. Yeah. <laughs> Eight person sauna. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bit, bit weird. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun. Uh, thanks for coming along. Oh, thank, thank you. Thanks for inviting me along to, oh, to your house. Uh, what a pleasure. Um, and meeting your dog, Magnus. Magnus, that's him. Yep. Uh, Brew dog. You can yeah, you can see out. Magnus on Instagram as well. Oh um, uh, yeah. Inspecting he's, our beers. He's a pretty frequent. Uh, Makes frequent appearances on Instagram. Great. I find that pictures with dogs or people get double the amount of likes that a yeah, beer yeah. will. So just if put, put that hashtag doggo on there and it'll go doggo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone loves the doggo. Yeah. Um, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on Ale of Time. No, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Hey, Will. Hey, Luke. You're Dave again today. Yeah, great to be Dave again. Dave's swanning around in the Mornington Peninsula. He goes not on a re- lot of holidays. Not replying to my texts, so find out who your real friends are. Yeah. It's a long way from Melbourne. Yep. Um, we're at Hopfest at Beer Deluxe. There's a lot of beers on. 20 hoppy beers. All brewed just for today. Yep. Uh, great list too. Sorry, we've, we, haven't great list. we haven't introduced you guys yet. Oh, Sorry, quiet. I'll shut up. This is, <laughs> the listeners are like, what is that voice? Down in front, down in front. <laughs> um, we, we might as well introduce our guest now. <laughs> uh, Ballistic Brewery, we've got Luke Phillips, the National Sales Manager. Correct. And Head Brewer, Lockie, what's your last name, Lockie? Uh, National Head Brewer. National Head Brewer, yeah. okay. Uh, Lockie Crothers. Crothers, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, just testing to see if you remembered it. <laughs> uh, Ballistic Brewery, welcome to Melbourne. Thank you. Uh, cool. One of the breweries that we discussed on our end of year show, were they the one to watch in the end? No, Burnley was. Okay, but I, was in the uh, I was pushing ballistic okay. hard. Yeah, yeah. Let me say that while you guys are sitting across from <laughs> I was really going for 
We were like the bridesmaids, bridesmaids, weren't we? Something like that. It seems to be a running theme with those ones. There's too many good breweries. And this year was the hardest. So many good breweries coming up. And um, Anyway, tell us about Ballistic. I don't, to be honest, I don't know much about it other than the beers that I've tasted. Um, what is it? Where did it come from? All right, well, get lucky to do that because I, um, obviously, I only come on the company 15 months ago. We're just hitting two years now. Um, talk about where you were, how it all started, sure. and, and then I'll sort of bump in somewhere and tell you to <laughs> shut up. Sure, so Ballistic, we're based in Salisbury, um, just south of the CBD in Brisbane. Um, we're in an old... Uh, shed in industrial area where we uh, basically the the name ballistic um, comes from the fact that the area uh, used to manufacture guns and munitions for World War Two. So it's kind of a little tie into the history of the suburb there. Um, I've been working at Ballistic for about three years. I did about a year on the project before we actually opened. Um, started off by David Kitchen, who is our CEO now. Um, he basically. Uh, got together some money and wrote a business plan and then started looking around for someone to execute that. Uh, I was uh, living in London at the time, working at Camden Town. Uh, my wife wanted to go somewhere a little bit warmer. Um, she was sick of the weather, so we were uh, shopping around for uh, jobs. This opportunity came up to do a greenfield site um, in Brisbane, which was nice to be back in Australia, but um, not too close to our families, which is... Uh, <laughs> Positive. So where are you from? Sorry, fam. Go I'm from Perth or yeah. down South WA originally. Yeah, yeah. I was joking, Mum. I love you. But um, uh, yeah, so moved back over to um, to to Australia, and um, yeah, been working on it ever since. So, so three years old. The brewery is. Uh, so, so technically two. We launched yeah. um, just at the very end of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How did you get on board then, Luke? Uh, so basically, I got on board around about 15 months ago. Um, David Kitchen approached me. Um, they were looking for their first full-time sales manager. Um, at the time, we had uh, Peter Weldon, uh, who was doing some sales, some Hi casual Pete. sales. Uh, yeah, good day, Pete. Who uh, now so runs Corumban Valley. Valley. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So oh, um, yeah, I chatted to him the other day. Yeah, they were in their transitional period, sort of thing. Um, so we were actually uh, we were contract brewing um, some Corumban beers for them at the time, yeah. and. In our first meeting about that, he was like, uh, oh, I actually uh, can sell beer as well. And so that sort of kicked off that relationship. And <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so obviously, uh, we were looking, well, David was looking, David and Lockie were looking for a full-time rep. Um, they approached me. Um, we had quite a few conversations about it and how we could do things. Um, at the time, I was working for uh, Experience at Beverages uh, just as a, as a sort of a part-time role. Um, I've worked for some other interstate breweries. For me... Um, first opportunity to work for a local brewery as in a local Queensland brewery um, to be able to take people to the brewery every day show them what we're trying to achieve and and also to, to get on the on board a, a very young brewery and and help sort of mold where we're where we're trying to head and and you know I, I think you know Lockie might say different but I think it's been a lot of fun the last 15 months you know it's been talking a, to me it's been a stressful 15 months but <laughs> <laughs> Taxing. Why is that? Just it's the nature of the. Or just the working piece? with Luke. Okay. Um, yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> the. Uh, I, it's been great, but it's just um, David always says we're not running a business, we're sprinting one. Um, I think you know we we grew from it was just over eighteen months ago. It was me full time, and we had David working one day a week on a Friday where he'd come in and we just drink the beer I'd brewed that week on yep. the pilot kit. Um, <laughs> to now, um, we got about thirty staff. We have two venues, um, four four brewers. 
national national distribution. distribution. Yeah. Uh, so uh, myself and three other sales reps in Brisbane. Um, distributors in all the other major states uh, so yeah so we haven't really had a chance to settle into any groove it's just been like expansion keep brewing keep brewing you know just trying to keep up so yeah yeah it's been fun so tell us about the, I guess the area and uh, the breweries that you guys are, are getting to know like it feels like your part of the world's exploding at the moment um, how do you see ballistics fitting into all that that whole world um, well, look, for, to be honest with you, um, I approached our current distributor, um, Lotus Beer Collective, down here around about 12 months ago. Um, I wanted to get involved with Victoria before we um, did anything in some of the other states, just because uh, the Victorian market in particular, I think, is super passionate about beer, regardless of where it comes from. And um, just for us, uh, and the, the growth that I've seen in the last 12 months of, from walking into venues and going, oh, who are you, where are you from, you know, and, and now it's like, oh, Ballistic's here, oh, yeah, you guys are awesome, what you're doing with Sleep When You're Dead is so good, you know, I and mean, it's just such a humbling experience, you know, like, um, just to know that we're sort of now recognised with some of the really big brands of, you know, the big established craft breweries in, in Australia, you know, like, there's a lot of guys out there brewing some really good beer at the moment, and to, you know, to be included here today you know in one of those 20 breweries you know like with all banging ipas mm. um is just so humbling you know like we're just really excited to be here yeah mm. it's pretty cool i guess um just on that point about uh brisbane and what's going on up there I, um even when i sort of took the job there it was sort of it was still kind of in its infancy i guess um it's interesting that queensland sort of has just taken a little bit longer to to cotton on to this this craft beer thing you know when i was um started or moved back to Brisbane there was uh, sort of Green Beacon there was Newstead Fortitude and then there was Stone and Wood and that was sort of you know really all that was going on and um, you know we came along and it's just like everyone's now getting on board I think there was 14 breweries opened in Brisbane in the last 12 months or something a stat I heard I can't um, and and then it's just it's just nuts but it's really um, exciting it's got all this energy because it's it's new and everyone's you know, some from WA and, 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 and beer's, you know, been so well established over there, you know, in Tilda Bay and Creatures and Gage and all those companies have been doing it, you know, even since the late 80s and craft beer is sort of a bit more normal. Um, whereas in Brisbane, it's got all this energy and excitement about it. So yeah, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, we don't have the lifespan that, say, um, some of the other markets have, have got. So um, when I first started repping seven years ago, um, working for Mubru, um, there was not one single Brisbane brewery. Um, this is pre-Green Beacon, pre-Newstead and things like that. And I remember we used to go and have reps lunches once a month because there was seven or eight of us. We could fill one table. <laughs> and now we have to book out the whole bloody German club. Yeah. You know, there's so many reps. There's everybody's, you know, uh, lots of interstate breweries, lots of local breweries. And it's just, you know, it's a really vibrant, exciting scene, you know, um, in Queensland at the moment. There does seem to be a lot of Victorian breweries doing quite well up in, in Brisbane. I think like Killer Sprocket, for example, sell a lot of beer up there. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting to see, I guess, then you guys start almost doing the same thing as what people have been doing in Brisbane with, with Melbourne. Um, I guess, so that was kind of a conscious decision to, to target Melbourne and Victoria and yeah. I guess then spread nationally. 100%, yeah. Look, um, obviously I've um, uh, been around the circles and down to Victoria quite a bit in, in recent, you know, in the last few years and, and just really knew that this was an exciting place and, and it'd be perfect place for us to, you know, to sort of throw our hat into the ring as far as interstate was concerned and um, hence that's why, you know, this was the first market that we entered into and, 
and since then we've entered you know, WA and, and New South Wales quite successfully as well. So, um, yeah, but it's always fun to come down to Victoria. Um, <laughs> you can leave the... I don't really like the weather, but um, I, I love the... I didn't like the, it yesterday when it was 48 degrees. Yeah, <laughs> I love the people and yeah. I, I love the bars and I just love the culture down here. It's, it's just, you know, everybody's so embracing to good beer. Mm. Mm. Um, so tell me about the beers that Ballistic are doing. Sure. So um, we're just making amazing beer. That's all okay. we do, right? Done. Um, Easy. Yeah, cool. And so moving on. That's all everyone next needs question. to do, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we uh, so we got a core range of four beers. We have um, Pilot Lights, our uh, mid-strength offerings. Uh, we're branding it as a table beer. Yep. Um, just because the term isn't really uh, widely used in Australia. I thought it's kind of fun and it's. I, I like the idea of having you know large portions of low alcohol beer and you know drinking it with food and sharing. And I kind of got a, behind that idea. It's not Belgian at all. It's like a mid-strength American pale ale. Um, we is, had that a, is that a necessity in the market in Brisbane? Uh, having a mid-strength. Yeah. I thought it was initially. Um, just, I mean, Forex Gold is just like the staple. You know, it's, it's huge nationwide, but it was also uh, like such a bas- massive Queensland thing. You know, I used to work in bottle shops um, 10 years ago in, uh, well, 12 years ago now, in, in Brisbane when I was sort of just out of school. And, and uh, it was interesting because in WA, everyone drinks full strength, right? If you're not drinking a full strength beer, you get laughed out of the pub. You know, that's what my group of friends was like. But in, um, in Brisbane, everyone was drinking mid-strength, you know. And it, so we sort of thought it, we really needed to have one in the lineup. Um, but it, it's tough. Brewing mid-strength's really hard. Um, just because the, the booze adds fullness of flavour and, and, and um, char- characteristics that you can't sort of replicate other ways. So I actually use um, quite a bit of oats in our mid-strength um, just to try and build that body a little bit more. Um, so I digress. Anyway, we uh, so we have a, a dirty word lager, uh, which is dry hopped craft lager using uh, Southern Hemisphere grown noble derivative hops uh, like Helga, which is like a Hallertau Milder for a derivative. Can you still get Helga? I've got some. Right. Yeah, we're actually looking <laughs> to change the recipe, um, but I've got enough to get us through probably this year. Uh, we're going to have to start transitioning it out. Uh, not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do yet, which is why I haven't done anything about it. But so yeah. Helga's not happening anymore. No. Uh, yeah, it's an, H- it's an HBA uh, hop that they decided to discontinue. Yeah, that's right. Because it wasn't a big seller and it was a bit of a tough grower. I think it was I a yield well. thing, yeah. yeah. Um, which is a bummer. Yeah. It, was, it was nice to have sort of an Australian-grown uh, noble-style hop. You know, all the other Aussie hops are really big and bold and in, in your face. You know, it's, it was a really nice, gentle, um, delicate hop, I guess, um, which worked really well in a lager. But, uh, yeah, so that's a challenge coming up for us. So what we're going to do about that, um, change the profile slightly. We have um, also in the core range is our Ballistic Pale. So we only launched that, it was a year ago. It was our first birthday, right? Yeah. So we didn't have that's a right. Pale when we first uh, launched. Um, I guess a bit of naivety on my behalf, maybe. We sort of thought the Dry Hop Lager could kind of fill that space a little bit. Um, turns out everyone wants to drink Pale Ale. I think it's 80% of all craft beer sold in Australia is a pale ale. Um, so we worked out pretty quickly that we needed one, but because it's such a crowded market and everyone does one, we really wanted to come out with something that we were really proud of. So Jake and I spent, uh, Jake's one of our other brewers, um, quite a few months uh, developing that beer, going through the recipe, doing a heap of different hop trials and just finding something that we thought was was kick-ass rather than just, just putting out a pale ale. It's 5.2%. It's got... Slightly high bitterness um, than other pals, about 35 BUs. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a nice pal. 
Um, and then the final one is in our core engine is Revelation IPA, which is probably a nice little segue. Yep. Um, as we uh, release it, we'll just change the name of that beer only this week. I think the uh, yeah officially came this out. week. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm kind of curious about how that came about. There was a press release saying because um, it was Australian Psycho. Yes. Yep. And. I don't know, can you explain sort of through the press release? Uh, what, yeah, what so I guess the thinking behind it was that when I initially named that beer, it was intended to be a pop culture reference, you know, American Psycho. Um, in my mind, it kind of uh, explained the nature of the beer. It's quite an aggressive, full beer. Um, and that was kind of, it was sort of innocent in its, in its naming, but we sort of have found in the last year, couple of years, that we uh, it can have negative connotations, and it's nothing. No, no one's made any um, complaints about it or anything. It's not. It's not. We've been under any pressure. It was just we thought we should take a positive step to try and um, lead the way, I guess, with um, not stigmatizing mental health and um, just doing something positive. Um, by changing the name of that beer. So. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, as a brewery and, and as a brewery in, in large growth at the moment, we need to be sort of proactive about the the any sort of connotation that we can be doing. And, and we want to make sure that, you know, not only we brew great beer, but we, we want to send the right message across. And, and um, you know, so um, Revelation was, um, I named that, by the way. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, you want a, do you want a medal, mate? Yeah. You've named the last three, actually. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Uh, so you're not allowed to name them anymore. Well, I, I come up with names, I just get overruled, whereas previously it was only me. So, yeah, so, yeah I'm on a bit of a roll. Uh, um, you got the hat trick. Yeah. So yeah. Why, why the name Revelation? Uh, I just thought, look, to be honest with you, because it's an all-Australian hopped IPA, um, I, I did want to call it the Kangaroo IPA, but I was quickly um, overruled because it was hoppy. Uh, <laughs> it's really, really bad. A second ago, you were bragging about your naming skills, <laughs> and you've just torn it down. I know, you <laughs> promised to never say that in public again. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I lied. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, look, uh, I just thought, you know, because it is an all-Australian hopped IPA, uh, it's not a typical American hopped IPA, which is citrusy and piney, um, where it's showcasing all-Australian hops. It's a bit of a, you know, it's a revelation. It's It's got no, you know... Uh, Bible connotations to it at all. It's just like right. it's a, it, it's a it's a great beer. It's a it's a revelation. It's something okay. different, and it's um really delicious. I think it ties in sort of with, uh, that this wave of new world IPAs. You know, through Neepers and Brutes, and you know, there's a Brewers Association have a guideline now for new world IPA as its own style. And uh, funnily enough, we won a gold medal for that beer in that style last year at the IBAs. But um, IPAs aren't sort of pigeonholed anymore. They don't have to be dry West Coast style. They don't have to be English style. You know, it's, there's this wave of new new world stuff coming through. And I guess, like, in our mind, it's a bit of a revelation of what's happening with, with IPAs. And so sort of um, trying to tell the story of that beer a little bit with that. I guess. Well said, Lockie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should be in marketing, right? Um, and Sleep When You're Dead series, uh, which has a two-month shelf life. Yeah. yeah. Eight, eight weeks. weeks. Yep. Eight weeks. Eight yeah. weeks. So uh, big risk. That's yeah, ambitious. Yeah. yeah. How challenging is that to, I guess, manage? It's hugely challenging, man. Logistics, yeah. particularly when you're shipping stuff nationally. Like, we're sending stuff to Perth, and this beer was launched. Uh, we canned it on, packaged it on Wednesday this week. Um, so it's got eight weeks from then, but uh, 
So it hasn't even arrived in Perth yet. I won't get no, there till the end of no, nec- so, so late next week. So. Yeah, yeah, so the obviously the, the west coast of Australia, they, they only actually get seven weeks um, yeah. just because of that freight time. So yeah. um, challenging, yes. Well, they, hey, there goes the first one. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, look, when Lockie sort of pitched the idea to me, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and like, um, but then once he sort of, you know, sat down and discussed it for a little while, I was like, wow, you know, actually, you know what, this is really cool. Um, we get to showcase a beer the way it's meant to be drunk, um, whether it be on the west coast of Australia or in the south coast, of, south coast uh, in Victoria. There goes Spider-Man, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Must be some sort of dress-up party so around here. I think here. there's a um, must be a darts event, I reckon, because people are wearing kind of dart-style shirts. Okay, something Just that people get dressed up. Oh, darts! Dart yeah. Yeah. Darts I thought it was Comic Con or yeah. something. Yeah, no, because they're wearing like those team shirts or something. Okay, and I've seen a few different ones. I'm like, I, I reckon it is. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's cool. <laughs> I it think um, discussing the crowd never works on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you just like, yeah. if only you could see what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess with the sleep when you're dead, we wanted to fly the flag for freshness. You know, like yeah. I'm super passionate about people drinking our beer. So when you get when you're lucky enough to work in a brewery, you know, I get to drink the beer straight from the bright beer tank. You know, it's the freshest, best experience you can have with beer, and that's what keeps you going to work every day. It's not the yeah. 12 hour days it's not lifting sacks of grain and it's you know it's not sweating on the brew deck it's because it's those experiences right and we really wanted people to be able to experience beer the same way that we do and and you can have it at the tap room but to try and roll that out nationally was a massive challenge but there's you know we're super passionate about freshness and and there's really good data showing that you know beer ages so quickly and 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 there's really long best before dates on beers and we just want to highlight the fact that you know our beer, when you drink it, it is how we intend it. And so after that eight weeks, we actually go around pulling beer off the shelves if it's still around. Hopefully it's not. But um, we actually have a buyback um, promise on that beer. So if there's beer still sitting on shelves after eight weeks, we'll yeah. come and, and, and exchange or So it's essentially if, uh, if a punter walks into a bottle shop and sees a sleep when you're dead there, they know they're going to get a great brewery fresh style beer. There's not going to be any ifs and buts about it. Um, Sat in a refrigerated truck or in a fridge in a bottle shop. You know, exactly. we, we pay to ship cold pallets from Brisbane to Perth. I mean, that's... Not a, a cheap exercise. Brisbane to Melbourne, Brisbane yeah. to Sydney. Do you have to be really choosy about where you send it, in terms of what shops. Oh, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna do you know big ten plus ones and twenty case orders and things like that. You know, um, we want to we want to support people that support us, um, and we want to you know support good beer. Uh, so, yes, we previously haven't brewed a lot of the beer. Um, just this time is the first time we've brewed uh, the the quantity that we have. Uh, the reason being is because it, it's a tested brand, uh, the the New England IPA. We brewed it once before. You know, we were really flattered the way people were rating it on social media and on um, on beer threads and things like that. You know, people were comparing it with you know um, Jedi juices and 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 beers of that sort of quality. So we were like, you know, let's do this again. Um, and let's roll the dice and, and brew a bit more because we've been we've been getting a bit of you know sort of not flack so much but just you know a lot of people going oh I missed out where can I get it how do I get yeah. on the list how do I do this so we're, we've decided to up the ante we've got a we've got a really good brand name out there now I think everybody's very supportive of what we're trying to do with this beer um, it takes more of a risk though like I mean, we brewed yeah. triple the volume of this beer that we did the first time and so we're I mean that's you know, three times as much that you may potentially have to buy back, right? And it's mm. not, you know, your Nipahs, um typically aren't cheap beers to brew either. Um, so 
but you know we just um, you know put it out there and give it a crack you know we really want people to just be able to enjoy fresh beer I mean that's what it comes down to yeah 100% you know um, we, we've got to roll those sort of dice sort of scenario uh, we've got to make it available um, so people can get their hands on it but we've also got to ensure that it is you know we are doing what we say we're doing, and that's um, you know cold freighting it around, picking it up after eight weeks. So um, you know we just did a uh, did a little thing with my sales team last week for the grapefruit IPA, which is um, I think it's on the 29th for the first. Is the a few weeks. days left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did a uh, they did a check around with Queensland. I'm now currently doing stuff with my distributors just to ensure that there's no more on the shelves. Um, if there is, someone sing out, and um, we'll make sure it gets picked up. Um, we're more than happy to credit the beer because um, we don't want anyone to have a bad experience. Mm. You know, we want to have that guarantee. You mentioned social media. Uh, how important is it for a young brand to keep an eye on social media? Like, oh, look, or can you go mad doing I, it? I think it's super, super <laughs> important for untapped? any brand, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I, I generally t- check untapped when I'm sitting on the couch on Tuesday night by myself drinking whiskey and I like punishing myself <laughs> I, I, I personally try and stay off it I, um, I find it uh, drags me down but um, no we do I mean it's, it's super important I, I was having a look on tap this week actually um, I think we had 10,000 check-ins on our beers yeah we've only been you know in two years it's I was yeah, astounded right. actually okay that number so I don't do much have untap these days no. um, but yeah I do I do jump on social media from time to time you know, love to see everyone's, you know, um, pictures of their new babies and things like that up until, you know, what beers people are drinking. <laughs> what they had um, for breakfast. What, yeah, what they had for breakfast, you know, what they're doing, uh, what their opinions on politics are, you know. Um, it's it's very broad-ranging social media, but for a young brewery... Um, what are you it, talking it's, about, it's, Luke? <laughs> You're out of control. It, it's also free advertising, too. So uh, it's a great way for a small um, a small company to get a, a brand across of what we're trying to achieve and... Um, you know, we're, we're pretty flattered the way that, you know, people have been, uh, not all the time, but more more than often, uh, very positive about what we're trying to do, um, whether it be Sleeping Your Dead or one of our single hop IPAs or um, or even some of our core range beers, you know, like a lot of people have, you know, have really picked up our brand and said, you know, these guys are cool. Um, and we're, we're just, you know, so flattered by that. Uh, you made a West Coast IPA for today. Mm. Uh, I was thinking about West Coast IPAs the other day. I had like a real classic. I think about them every night when I go to sleep. <laughs> I had a real like yeah classic, kind of multi almost uh, throwback version recently, and it's like man, I actually still really enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, you obviously do as well. I love West Coast IPAs, man. I think it's almost like they're not in vogue anymore, like which is weird to me. I mean, they're just Such so. A shame. You know what? So much of craft beer now is was was built around. You know, like I um. I just love them, dry and bitter and, mm. you know, hot forward. I mean, I don't know. They're just timeless in my mind. I, yeah, I love it. I yeah. Do. So um, so this beer sort of eventuated from a meeting with um, myself and, and Jared, the venue manager here at Beer Deluxe, and uh, he said, oh, we've got this thing called Hop Quest. Can you brew a beer for it? And I was just like, and I just bought straight away West Coast IPA, you know, because uh, Lockie and myself, we're both super passionate about this style, you know, clear, not hazy, um, you know, and just bitter, and and uh, so we we sort of I brought the idea back to uh, Lockie and David, and um, and then we're just like oh, we want to do this, you know, we want to this, uh, and then we sort of thought about it, and we're like, oh, what do we do? How do we do this? Um, and then we sort of reflected back on uh, we went to CBC last year, and um, 
uh, in Nashville and we stopped in the San Diego and uh, you know we went stone brewing and we went to quite a few other breweries and um, just drank beautiful delicious fresh beers and uh, went to the baseball and drank yeah. our weight in 7% sculpted exactly <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't have a lot of memories of uh, the trip, but um, <laughs> but what I do remember was uh, it was just, we just drank great beer. So that, hence that's why we uh, why uh, I named this beer as well. Uh, we you called did. it the San Diego Project, yes, um, yeah. which is just an ode to um, Lockie, David, and myself's trip to the states last year and drinking really good beer. And um, you know, if we can bring a little bit of San Diego to Melbourne, that's um, that's uh, really fun for us. <laughs> So we're going to see more West Coast IPAs in the, maybe the Sleep When You Did series? Or a I, yeah, we were just discussing that before, actually. I, I'd love to do one. Um, we actually do... So we do a single op IPA range as well, and so we just uh, basically brew a new one of them every 12 weeks as well, um, which is West Coast style. So I really wanted to have a West Coast style in our range, um, but the revelation was there, and I really loved that beer. And, and having two full-time IPAs would kind of like butcher each other a little bit, I thought, so... We tried to differentiate it by having the single hop IPA as our as our West Coast style, which is always on tap and just rotating um, whatever hop that is. Um, Next one's uh, Simcoe, by the way. It's available from about the 21st of February, everyone. <laughs> Brewed on Thursday. So look look out for it. Simcoe, how's that, how's that tasting? Uh, I haven't tried it yet. Okay, because Simcoe's kind of gone out of fashion at the moment, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah are... it's one of those. I don't know. I mean, I think it works perfectly in West Coast IPA. Um, yeah, I guess so. It's just, I mean, it's not... It's not Mosaic or Citro or whatever, you know, those cool, really cool hops. Well, cool brand. They're yeah, yeah. cool and whatever yeah. they Inverted commas. Inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, that's the same with Centennial. We did Centennial as a single hop yeah. and, and everybody that's loved so it. Sick. You know, like we, I, I don't know, everybody's got a different opinion of what their favourite um, single hop was. And, and we I'm trying to change it up a bit, though. Like yeah. We did Peco, which is like a New World uh, US hop that's um, it's got some, like, noble characteristics. Okay. Uh, we got, like, uh, Herbie... Like herbaceous sort of characteristics. Bubble gum. Bubble gum. Um, yeah. Boiled lolly was one thing yeah. we got on it. It's really interesting, but it, I mean, it's not what you would typically see in, a, in an IPA, but that was kind of fun. We did Enigma. Yeah. Um, Enigma was, was cool. Amazing. Yeah. Um, El Dorado just recently. El Dorado just recently. First one was Fortnite, which won a gold medal at the Australian National Beer Awards. Did, didn't it? Which sort yeah. of, you know, sort of stemmed this sort of series. It's what, one of the reasons why we decided to continue doing with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's cool. That's they're, they're fun beers to brew. It's the mm. same base beer, um, and then just yeah, different hop each time. So, yeah. do you get people coming in just to taste it when it's tapped? Their single hop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Coming into the brewery, like I mean, we we try and um, offset the releases with um, sleep when you're dead, so we're not having uh, them necessarily at the same time. But yeah, it's good. I mean, people definitely make the effort to come down. Absolutely. So two venues now. Uh, how do they look in terms of size and in terms of size for your venues? Oh, yeah. um, what I guess what is the offering there? And I guess um, Salisbury's a, a larger space. Um, it's an old shed. Um, gets pretty hot in summertime, but um, you know we're pretty blessed. No, um, it's got fans now, mate. It's, oh yeah, it's fine. Cool. <laughs> it's good. Um, it's nice in summer. I'd know that if I went to the brewery on the weekend. Come down in summer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, look, it's um, it, it's an old shed, rustic, um, but brew pub still, model, right? So you but can still look, look brew at the stainless steel. Yeah. Yeah. Beers poured directly through the cool room wall. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know the Salisbury community itself, um, you know, has been really passionate towards you know. There's lots of times when you walk into the brewery and it's standing room only, 
um, you know, very well supported. Um, hence, it was one of the reasons why we uh, why we searched for the venue at West End. Um, just West End, if um, if anyone doesn't know, it's um, just on the southern side of the river of the CBD. Um, gives us the uh, the opportunity to showcase our, our beers to uh, people that can't make it out to Salisbury. Because um, Salisbury's uh, 10, 15 minute drive south of the CBD. Um, and just gives us the opportunity to showcase our, what we're trying to do. Um, it's a smaller venue, um, but a very big food focus there. Um, whereas at the brewery, we rely on food trucks. Um, whereas we have our own kitchen. So it's actually a Ballistic West End uh, Ale House and Kitchen. Um, really good. We've got a really great chef um, who's doing some really good food. So it's not just, you know, frozen fries and hamburgers. Um, there's a little bit better offering there. And they pair pretty well with some of the beers that we're so doing we got, too. Um, so, so both venues get their own exclusive beers too. So we brew stuff um, exclusively for each venue. Um, trying to do some collaborations and stuff on that. We've got 12 taps at the brewery. Soon to be 16, I think. No, 18. And we've got another six that are going in soon. Just so we can have sort of, you know, up to up to 18 different beers on at any one time. Uh, West End's got... Uh, going to have up to 14 soon, 14 different beers. So it's fun. We're just trying to drive. Um, but again, I mean, it's all about fresh beer and beer, having positive beer experiences. That's what we're really trying to um, hit home, you know, engage with the community and allow people to drink beer the way that we would want to drink it. So. Mm. Any questions, Will? No. No, really? I think, no, that, that Good covers that for me. I've covered yeah, everything. Right. Yeah, all right. Yes. Completely satisfied. We're, uh, we're just on half an hour, so it's probably a good time to wrap up. Cool. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to drinking after looking at the, the list here? Any oh. standouts? That's a good point. Uh, that Three Ravens I've one the, was yeah. banging, yeah. Got the Three Ravens uh, it's Queen's, 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 Queen's Secret, Queen's? which yeah. is a Victoria's Secret single hop. Um, oh, that's delicious. Yep. Um, but there's a couple of others there I'm definitely going to try, that's for sure. It's <laughs> going to be a good afternoon. Yeah, nothing under 6% or two, two beers under 6%. Yeah, which no, will be it's a bit scary, isn't it? Um, yeah, could well, be an afternoon nap coming up today, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming along, guys. Um, really appreciate it, and yeah, really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the West Coast IPA. It was good. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Thank man. Um, um, and Will, thanks for uh, being part of the show again. No worries. Always thanks a for me. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cheers. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Before we do that, where do people find ballistic on the internet and all those things? Where do we find? Find ballistic on the internet. Uh, www.ballisticbeer.com. .au, I think. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Google, Google Ballistic Beer, yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. we'll do it. Otherwise, yeah. we're all over Facebook. Anything you want to plug before we wrap up as well? Plug. Plug, um, plug. Yeah, look, um, Single Hop Simcoe's coming out soon. Um, we've got a couple of other things. We're doing something with another brewery soon. Um, we're, <laughs> oh, cool. We're yeah, doing yeah. A, sounds uh, really interesting, man. Doing we're a doing collab. Is that intentionally vague? Or? Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's just uh, stay in touch. Um, but, um, hey, um, Sleep We Need Nipa came out yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, launched in Melbourne it. yesterday, launched in Brisbane on Thursday this week. So, so I think this will be out maybe in a week or so. So okay. it'll still be in You'll have six weeks out. to drink it. Yeah. No, seven weeks yeah. to drink yeah. it. Yeah, cans will be out in trade probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, What's the for dates? The Victorians. Dates. Sorry? The dates. It was launched on the 27th, 20... 28th. The yeah. cans will be out then? Whatever Tuesday is. Tuesday, 28th. I don't know. I'm drinking an IPA. Late January. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. You have till the 14th of March. Okay. The clock is yeah. ticking. Sweet. <laughs> clock is ticking. Get amongst it. Otherwise, you'll miss out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. uh, yeah. Cheers for coming along, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.